Monday, June 19th, 2023. All roads lead to the Water Club, 500 East 30th Street, New York, New York, for the New York Association of Black Journalists second annual Juneteenth Gala and Awards Ceremony. This year's gala will be hosted by CBS News anchor and national correspondent Michelle Miller and today's show co-host and news anchor Craig Melvin. Come out and celebrate, enjoy, and support the NYABJ on this prestigious evening. Tickets are on sale now at nyabj.org. That's Monday, June 19th from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Water Club. Tickets on sale now at nyabj.org. A special thanks to our sponsors, Shinju Japanese Whiskey and Tasmanian Tiger, a premium vodka from Tasmania. This is The Sidebar, a podcast by the New York Association of Black Journalists. As we dive into African American Music Month, join us for a captivating conversation looking back at the early days of hip-hop and honoring its incredible 50-year journey. Check one, two, one, two, check, check. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, 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 I'm not about to rap. I'm not about to rap, but welcome everybody. My name is Vance Lang, and I want to welcome you to this edition of The Sidebar as NYABJ kicks off Black Music Appreciation Month and the continuing celebration of 50 years of hip-hop. And I'm going to talk today a little bit about my early experiences with hip-hop as hip-hop's little brother. That's what I'm calling it because I grew up with a big brother who was listening to all the stuff and I was just a little brother in the backseat jamming and all that good stuff. Let's just hop right in. Now, my story starts about 1981-82. I was about four years old and I had the Sugar Hill Gang record at my home in Mount Vernon. Not money earning Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon, Alabama is what I'm talking about. I remember putting the record on, on the record player, dropping the needle, and you hear that vinyl crisp, and then the initial drums come in, and then the beat comes in, and then this voice comes in and introduces me to hip hop literally by saying, I said a hip hop, a hip, the hip to the hip, hip hopper, you don't stop a rocket to the bang, but you, you know the words. And with that, I was one with the music, and even though I didn't know it at the time, hip-hop would be in my life forever now we're going to talk about hip-hop and black music and black inspired music (laughs) throughout the month and i'm going to talk about today the golden years of hip-hop as hip-hop's little brother again that title represents me being 45 years old growing up with my brother victor who's going to turn 50 this year and i was the little brother who got exposed to rap because he had the tapes in his car and i was usually little brother in the back seat jamming to whatever he was listening to so i got exposed to a lot of the standards of hip-hop is if it was jazz we would call them standards but ll cool j run dmc nwa tupac bdp sir mix a lot all of this the generation the soundtrack of the generation basically because it was the golden era and it was growing and you saw how quickly it took over the industry and I would say the world in so many ways. But, you know, back to me from Rapper's Delight, Run DMC, all of that time, you know, by the time I was in the third grade, I had a rap group and we were doing (laughs) UB Illin at the talent show. Like just fond memories of that. Now, getting on into today's podcast, this is a conversation between me and a native New Yorker. He grew up in the culture here. We compare and contrast notes on the era. So here's that conversation. Uh, So far you heard my voice, but I brought a friend of mine here. I'm gonna talk to uh, Mr. Uh, Guy Thomas. How you doing, sir? I'm I'm doing good. And uh, and so that's that's, us. Since we we got to know each other on a professional level um, in the the other career side, I'm gonna since we're talking about hip hop, I go by Wise Guy. Okay, know? okay, give it up, give it to me. All right. So, so, but now you understand. Now people, you, you know where the guy and Wise Guy comes from. Oh yeah. Understand? And my my brother's real name is Gaston, and that's what he goes by. So we go by Wise Guy and Gaston. We're twins. So that's what's up, man. Mm-hmm. So 
um, I'm just gonna we just gonna hop into this conversation. You know, you know everybody when I say they know I, I say it 50 times. I'm from Alabama. Um, I know you're from New York and you're in the culture. And I talked earlier about basically, you know, how I was introduced to hip hop as a kid uh, through basically the Sugar Hill Gang. 1981, 82, I'm three or four years old. I'm in Mount Vernon. Not money earning Mount Vernon, New York. I'm in Mount Vernon, Alabama. You, know? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm in, you know, my grandma's living room and they got their orange record, you know, the orange record cover and the long version on one side, the short version on the other. And um, that was basically, you know, the only thing I could control in the house. I could put the needle on the record. And that, from that, and everything else that came around that time with uh, Curtis Blow blowing up, Run DMC a couple of years later, and however it came to mainstream to get, again, to me in Alabama, that was basically how I got into it. But I know you, you, you're a native New Yorker. Talk to me about how you, how hip hop came up to you, you know? Well, um, everything I speak about pretty much is, uh, you can say my brother and I, because he was right there with me with everything. So with, like I said, we're twins, so we were like inseparable. So we put it this way. We grew up um, recording the radio, exchanging shifts, like late at night, back when hip hop <laughs> wasn't on the radio all the time. Right. And so you had to stay up late on the Friday and Saturday night to get it. And sometimes you get tired, so the other one has to stay up to tape. Sometimes we're both up. Sometimes one goes to sleep, so the other one has to record. And so I'm, I'm tired, yo, Gaston, you wake up and record the rest. <laughs> so, um, so like I said, we all our memories pretty much are interwoven together as one. So when I speak about me, it's for both of us. Um, we are blessed to be uh, raised in the Bronx. Uh, I can't say born and raised because technically we were born in a hospital in Manhattan. Okay. But, and then... <laughs> But a mother brought us back home to the Bronx. So okay. we were we were raised in the Bronx. Um and so that's something that I I uh, carry with me that I was uh, born and I'm from the same place hip hop was. So that's something that that I wear as a badge of honor. Not only that, but I'm I'm I was uh I came from the place that hip hop was and the same year and in fact the same week. So uh, the birthday for hip hop, I believe, is August 11th, 1973, in the Bronx. And me and Gaston came into this world, raised for August 9th in the Bronx. Okay, okay. In 1973. I'm going to tell my age. Nice. But, uh, and I don't, because uh, my bars speak for itself. So it's, um, it's, it's timeless. <laughs> and uh, so I, I'm not concerned about saying my age. And um, so I grew up in this. And uh, I've been blessed to be uh, um, of today, current with the skills as well, but raised in the early days of hip hop. So when you spoke about Rapper's Delight, uh, we remember when Rapper's Delight was on the radio. Like we remember um, we were going to school, we were lit up state at the time. And um, I remember going on the school bus and somebody planned it on the bus. Okay. Uh, and um and at that time it was already out and uh and um and it was like popular and uh I think it was played on the back of the bus. I can't remember who it was or the circumstances, but that memory is etched in my mind. So and I remember living upstate and hearing um Funky Four Plus One on the radio. Okay. Um, they had a song called um, our favorite song from them is funk that's the joy okay by funky four plus one we i'm sorry um and we love shy rock and um and so it's funny i'm interject just for a second because this is also like for me again like this podcast is kind of also like hip-hop for millennials so when they hear some of these names they can go back and listen yes and and catch some of that so that was funky four plus one and the other part i was going to say is how the lexicon of hip-hop was established in the beginning, that's the joint. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you know, uh -huh. we still saying that's the joint. Yes. Uh, the first bars of uh, Sugar Hill Gang, a hip hop, a hip to the hip, like the up jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie to be like, like everything uh -huh. was established then. And also, you talking about taping off the radio again in um, 
in Alabama. And like the year that sticks out to me um, for um, a lot of stuff is around like that 85, 86 like time. Yeah. And what would what would happen with us is that our our, our DJ that played the stuff, the rap, he would play it in the morning. So you had to get up, you had to wake up before school because he gonna play the whole License to Ill. So like what, what time in the morning is this? Like like five five thirty six wow. in the morning. Wow! But you know, mad in the morning, going if the new Run DMC coming out, he gonna play the whole record wow. for that hour for you. And then Beastie Boys and LL Cool J and all that. So that's how we got it. And then uh, my brother, once he got older, he was getting able to get the tapes from his friends. This is when two live crew started coming out. So then you had to have the tape because they okay. definitely wasn't playing that on the radio. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. know, and especially me being the younger brother, I had to have a dub of a dub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, you talk about that music today, I still know all the words to, um, I ain't gonna even get, yeah, gonna I get know that? the title. <laughs> I know the title. PTC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like yeah, but now I can't imagine like during those early days I talked about how um you know again the birth date of hip hop August 11, 1973 but for that to be a birth there's had to be a gestation period so it wasn't like Perk just showed up and decided to put the two turntables together and pick those songs and the dancers were dancing and all that the vibe was already out there yeah mm -hmm. and then it comes together this party happens the vibe gets back out there. That vibe changed the changed the landscape. And then what six years later, Rapids of Light gets on the wax. And then, you know, from there it was like I said, from the time I grew up, it just was a part of the music. Yeah. And it's also uh it's also Black Music Appreciation Month too. So uh talking about the context of everything else that was out. <laughs> Again, during that time, I'm four, five, six years old when Thriller drops. You know, okay. uh, Purple Rain drops later. Everything else going on around that when, you know, Jeffrey Osborne and Billy Ocean were the R&B guys and uh, the police uh, was every breath you take. Because, again, if you, during that time, if you ain't with the music, you're not listening to the radio, you don't have the tape, you're not hearing it. We're not walking around streaming everything that's out. So most of the stuff, yeah. again, definitely where we were in Alabama, we got the mainstream. Now, how was it being up here in the midst of like all the stuff that was happening after, you know, bubbling in the streets and you just, and you right there in the Bronx. So, so here's, um, I think, so we were raised in the Bronx. We moved to Queens in, um, in fourth grade. This was in like 1982. Um, okay. And um, so it's like when when there was the Bronx and Queens, the bridge and the Bronx Wars, we lived in Queens. Right. We were from the Bronx. So, oh, man. And MC Shan is our favorite. That's MC Shan versus KRS One and Boogie Down Productions. Right. So, and MC Shan is our favorite rapper of all time, still is. Okay. And, but we're able to compartmentalize things and um, <laughs> where my. Just because somebody my favorite of all time, that doesn't mean I put them as the best. Okay, um, hey, I so, get that too. And um, but MC Sharon was our favorite of all time, so we were the Bronx and Queens. We were like we loved both sides. But um, growing up in the Bronx, I still remember like people like breaking and popping on the street. Uh, there was this guy named Russell who used to go out with one of our babysitters when we lived actually around the corner from where I am now on, on um in the Bronx and uh and he used to pop or whatever and um that influenced us to try to pop we used to do that a little bit but when I think about it we were little kids so I don't know how good we were we, we never moved it, on to everybody watched uh breaking two electric <laughs> <laughs> and this was before then actually and um <laughs> Um, and it's funny, we don't, we couldn't tell you what it was, but Gaston and I have a distinct memory of being in my grandmother's house and, uh, in her, her apartment at Edelwald Projects and hearing 
uh, what we were outside and hearing people, somebody walking past us with the box, blasting something, and it was hip hop, and but it was different. And it sounded like like even to our young, like maybe seven to eight year old ears, mm -hmm. it was something that was raw, and like um, because it it, it it was like live, so it had to be him playing one of those tapes, those old school tapes, like the Cold Crush Brothers or, uh, you know, something like that. And like, so in retrospect, like we realized that that's what we heard because um, it was that raw live sound. And um, I remember we grew up, thank God for our cousin, uh, Will, Willie, he, um, he we, we grew up listening to his records because he used to have um, hip hop records. We so we played his um, we played to death his uh, Crash Crew, which was um, high powered rap, which Disco Dave and the Force of the Five MCs, which was the Crash Crew, and that's that along with Ego Tripping by Ultra Magnetic MCs, which is MC Ultra. So okay. that high powered rap and um and uh, Ego Tripping are two favorite hip hop songs of all time. Ego Tripping is number one. But damn, high power rap is like right there, and um, so that's the one. I don't know if you, uh, if you remember, like um, there's this part of it, uh, just walking down the street with your box in your hand and your play. Anyway, I can't sing a lick, but uh, <laughs> that's back when they, hip hop they had a lot of harmonizing and stuff with the groups, oh, yeah. and so that that joint, I remember it. It had um, the record was only on one side. The other side was black with like crystallization, like crystals on the label, but it was nothing on. So you know, yeah, damn. And um, so we used to play <laughs> that record of his. He used to have uh, "Freedom" by Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Um, I can't remember if he had "Rappers Delight," um, but so we grew up playing his music, and he we credited him a lot with exposing us. To hip hop and having us have it at at home, um, and then um, what else? I remember living in the Bronx and back when they used to sell records at supermarkets, and we okay. we bought Planet Rock, um, which was at the supermarket on One Eighty Third Street, not too far from where I am now. Right. Um, we bought that Planet that when Planet Rock came out, that was a smash hit. Too. Oh yeah. So, and so we grew up, we weren't old enough to go to the park jams and stuff like that, but we heard the records, we heard, um, and then when people would go out to the clubs and stuff like that, to live shows, we would be taping the radio at home later on, around mm. maybe like, like around 83, 84, uh, Mr. Magic was on WHBI, Mr. Magic, who was the f first Hip hop DJ on the radio, right? Um, and uh, th and Mr. Magic would eventually go on to WBLS with DJ Molly Mall, mm -hmm. and he was called Sir Juice, and so that's why where the Juice Crew came from, and um, where Juice Crew heads to the fullest. MC Shan, like I said previously, eventually Big Daddy Kane, Roxanne Shante, Biz Markie, um, you know. Um, so throughout and then we started buying records and collecting records so you see all my records here oh yeah this is this is a small sample this <laughs> okay. is just the apartment in the bronx uh a house in staten island that we have like uh, uh, i don't know uh 18 times as many wow. records hey. um and uh, and so and what's over there are the uh, cds okay and uh and these are the records and so there's like again like 18 times as many at the house in Staten Island so we've been collecting records since we were like 10. um we used to go packing groceries in Queens at Grand Union and then with the change that we uh, Grand Union was the supermarket then we'd walk down and um, buy records um we would uh yeah I remember buying Rock during the Roxanne, um, the Roxanne, uh, all those, the Roxanne wars. I guess I don't know what they call yeah. it. Um, when it first started out with Roxanne. UTFO with Roxanne, Roxanne, 
Then Roxanne Shantae with Roxanne's Revenge. Then UTFO got the real Roxanne. And then also, then, but then we got Roxanne's grandmother. We got <laughs> Roxanne's a man. We got Roxanne is a man. Roxanne's doctor. There were so many. <laughs> and, we, and we bought a lot of them. Um, so, you know, we grew up on hip hop, raised on hip hop, absorbed it, bought it, eventually became MCs, writing. But even us being MCs, I'm a fan first. Um, right. but, and so, uh, not to jump so far ahead, but Gaston was writing before me, Rhyming since junior high school. And, um, and he was he went to LaGuardia High School, which was uh, music, uh, music and art, okay. which is uh, performing arts, the, the fame school from the show Fame. Oh, yeah. When he, so when he went there, um, he not the original school, but they moved on to a, um, it was a new building and it separated into two buildings, I believe. And so when he went to, he went there and he was the best MC in the school at the time. And um, he, he, back then he was nicer than the dudes out now. Um, and then, uh, then we, then, so we were, we were raised on the beginning of hip hop. Then we were raised taping on the radio during the golden era with the Holy Trinity of MCs, Rakim, Kooji Rap, and Big Daddy Kane. And then, uh, then also you had the Slick Rick and KRS-One at the time. So we were raised through that. Then into the early 90s and with the uh, late 80s, 90s with the native tongues and um, uh, leaders in the new school and Grand Nubian and everybody. And then, yeah. then we started um, getting into the, we always, I'm sorry for hogging the interview. No, you good, great. you good, bro, you good. So um, like the records, like that's us. We like to collect um, hip hop and collect music, collect, cause we're not just hip hop fans. We love, this isn't just hip hop stuff. We we grew up on um, Hall of Notes, oh, Soul, yeah. um, R&B, R- R- uh, disco, rock, everything. soft rock, everything. Um, and um, so we just love music in general and television as well. And uh, we love movies, but we used to be home all the time. We were real. We grew up on television, and we, so the same way we bought records, and then we had rec- um, cassette tapes, and um, we would record the, off the radio, mm-hmm. like my mother's radio. There were three buttons that always broke: <laughs> the record, the play, and the pause. Pause. <laughs> Um, that pause button was always tricky too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so we went from recording stuff off the radio, buying it, to um, then when my mother got a VCR, we grew up. There was a radio show called. Uh, there was a television music show called Hot Tracks with Carlos De Jesus. Okay. We used to record videos off of that. We used to record video music box with Ralph McDaniel's. Okay. Um, I, like. Ralph McDaniels is a treasure. VJ Ralph McDaniels, it was like, it might have been the first real like video show. um, And like, as far as hip hop goes, it's classic. I think so. They just put out a doc. Yes. Last year, two might have been, maybe been a couple of years now, but yeah, I just uh, watched that doc on him. Like, I encourage everybody go go search a doc with um, video music box with Ralph McDaniels. And um, and so growing up in New York, with that we all grew up in Video Music Box. Let me tell y'all how important Video Music Box was. I think he started his show on um, on public access, uh, like the city on television uh, was. I think in 1983 he came out. It could be 84, but I think it might have been 83. Um, and so you weren't seeing a lot of black videos and um, MTV wasn't playing it, stuff oh, yeah. like that. And so and so you can get stuff from Ralph, but he also played some like regular pop white songs as well. But you you would get the hip hop stuff, you, um, uh, R&B, everything. And so to, 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 to understand the uh, the institution Ralph McDaniel is, is in Video Music Box, um, there was a story which he confirmed, I believe, um, like he, his car got stolen um, and whoever stole it 
I guess they brought it to some place, shop shop or something. And somehow the person found out, I guess maybe, I don't know if he had an idea in there or something. They found out it was Ralph Daniels and they returned it. Like that's, that's what Ralph Daniels means to music and uh, black music and hip hop. Um, and so everybody, you would run home to take for their music box. You could, you would, you could hear many um, old hip hop songs, and, and not just old, even newer ones. People talking, making references to running home to, to take the box. Like Biggie talking about Mr. Magic we right. earlier, and um, and I don't know, if, I don't think he 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 mentioned being Mr. Box. I can't remember, but yeah, we all grew up on that, and um, and then. So and I, we tape videos off of that. We tape music videos um, on VHS, and then in the '90s, uh, my mother bought us a video camera. Oh boy! And I started going to I started videotaping, and when I would go to shows, I would videotape um, shows as well. So this was me documenting hip hop for nothing other than our love. Me and Gaston would we would we love to record and save and have. Um, so. Um, and then, um, and while rhyming or whatever, I was in the early, the mid nineties, there was a, a huge underground scene and I'm blessed to have been a part of it, my brother and I, and, um, particularly in New York. And, I um, imagine. and then, um, there was a whole raucous era, which was large and, um, and on raucous, one of the releases was the Lyricist Lounge volume one. And I was on that, and okay. uh, and uh, I, I'm on a track with uh, my man Shabam Sadiq, uh, John Robinson, who went by Lil Sai back then, and, and um, Talib Kweli, and um, who called word of mouth, and um, and then we did various like underground mixtapes and um, guest appearances, like oh man, Apathy. Punchline, words, words, bad seed, like a bunch of stuff. Mm. And um, so we were involved, and Gaston did two albums with this uh, with the band Us Three out of the UK. Um, they 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 made a song called um, uh, shit, what is it? Um, Flip Fantasia. What is it called? Uh, um, oh, uh, I know what you're talking about. I know that group. Uh, with the horn, the horn. Jazz is groovy, groovy, bounce. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I got to pull that. I'm glad you put that back in my head. I got to pull that up, uh, put it back in my rotation. But he did He did two albums with two later albums with them, though. Okay. Um, but anyway, Please. so we grew up as fans, immersed in it, and then and been recording um, and doing stuff on our own as well. And, and now, lately, we've been blessed to... Um, to do a bunch of uh, stuff for television. We've done like uh, 11 stuff, 11 um, uh, spoken word pieces, uh, doing content for TV. We did 11 spoken word pieces for CBS. We've done about five for TV One. Um, and we did, and that our most recent, we did two for uh, ABC News. And that's what's up, man. I look. You, uh, giving me the the the, the, the flashbacks just uh, like I said from hip hop's little brother again um uh, like you talking about the tapes I feel like I know my brother at some point got his hands on some tape I think that was maybe a Mr. Magic or something like that um but I remember another tape he had that had um an artist named Just Ice on it yes Just um, Ice and I want to say there was an artist named DMX Okay. Uh, yeah, you probably maybe. Um. Well, just ice. His um DJ was called DMX. That uh, may be what it was. Or his beatbox. What his beatbox? It was. I might have, but that's what the thing is. It was his tape. It was just ice. Um, who I definitely remember, and it was a lot of beatboxing and a yeah, lot yeah, of. Yeah, that was uh, the, the beatbox with DMX. Um, and like, and you talking about your favorite? Um, and, and Latoya was probably the song with the beatboxing. Yes, Latoya, and then some other songs with some other other language. Okay, but um, if you other things. But yeah, Latoya, the one in particular, was the one. Yeah, towards the end is when it got raunchy. 
Yes, yes, yes. Um, it was uh, we were you were talking about your um, your uh, your number one your hip hop song. Mine is um, Hit It Run. Oh my goodness! I I, I yo, and, that's and, that's you. Wow, that and that is one incredible Run DMC song that I don't hear people mention all the time. So for you to say that that was your joint, if and I I, I said this earlier, if aliens come down to the, today and say play me the hip hop song, Hit It Run is the song. Wow. It's the song. He start. It starts out with the bracket with the point rock around the clock. I already been through this, but what it is, I broke it down. One, Jay scratches when Jay. As soon as it starts out with Jay scratching the sample, the sample comes in over the drum beat, over the the the, and that beat. That's the rap beat that everybody says. Okay. People, uh, D gives his verse and then when he says hit it run what does run do run beatboxing, uh, beatboxing yes yeah, <laughs> i was gonna say that song got the elements of beatboxing scratching what and that is hard and and, it, and and for me it was the first time um you know it's uh, i don't know if it's gonna make it on the podcast but it was the first time you heard motherfucker two one motherfucker <laughs> two on the podcast and that's it that's all but that was the first time it's like and even in the midst of he's like three verses in and then it's just come to the point he's already been talking trash the whole song and then he says those dumb <laughs> can't mess with yeah and all the braggadocious how devastated can an MC be <laughs> so, my name is Davin but you can call, you can me, call D. me D hit it bro and y'all and the funny thing was we we acknowledge and recognize that Run was the man. And when he did that um, before the song, when, like, if you ever saw them live, the old footage of them, and, like, when he would talk to the, I think it was at Madison Square Garden or wherever, and, like, you know, when he was telling the crowd, you know, whose house? You know, where? And, like, he would do this whole big soliloquy about, you know, and um, and, like, and he's at whose house? Um, and I forget how it went right now, but it's, it's escaping me. But it was just amazing. So run was the oh who's that? Run 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 run. J was and um, so he was the man. However, DMC was always our favorite. Oh, he's, and, uh... and DMC had that voice, and uh yeah. So, but we but we loved them both. And, and again, like I, I well, you said I, I may be biased, but they just don't do it like that no more. They don't do them things like that no more. And again, at that time, you know, it's hard, like I said, to say, oh well, that was my person. If I had to pick, Run DMC is my group, and that's my song. But and again, I'm we, we down in Alabama, but we getting Dougie Fresh when he come out rising to the top, the dance moves, you know, the greatest entertainer. The greatest entertainer. Um, my and again, I, I I was getting through all this through my brother Dana Dane, Cinderella, yes. Dana Dane. Yes. Um, he His did nightmares. He did nightmares. nightmares of the Slick yeah. Rick do nightmares. Nope, nope. I was saying nightmares. That was Dana Dane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the like reason said, the reason why you asked was a Slick Rick because his voice and the accent, and they were down together. Um, right. They were called the Kango Crew. Um, I don't know who else was in that, but um, yeah, so that's the affiliation. But yeah, day to day, I love day to day. And, and again, what's well, funny, me being a transplant now, um, he had a song called Delancey Street. Yeah. Um, breaking down all the 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 LL Cool J listening. Now here's here's the the one that really got me um, on uh, LL Cool J. I'm bad. Listening to the radio traffic. That calling all cars, calling oh, yeah. all cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A black dude at Kango, last seen off Farmers Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Mo in Alabama, again, I'm not even listening to the radio chatter in general, but um, all the little references to streets. Matter of fact, where I'm sitting right now, I'm a block from the Boulevard of Linden. <laughs> 
Okay. I'm two blocks from Hollis. That's dope. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm right in the middle of all of this. That's dope. So we used to live in Hollis, Queens, too. So, okay. And so to, to, to stick to what you're saying right now, and when you talk about when you hear the street references, that's real. There's something about hearing somebody make local references in their song. You don't know about, you don't know the streets, but it, it appeals to you. And it, it brings you there imagining it. And and like, I love when people mention streets and stuff like that. And um, so, and knowing that it is how a classic hip hop, I got a friend named Sebastian. Um, he, he went, he goes by Dome. He used to at least. And um, he, we met, and I don't know how, yo, a white dude from Cali, originally from France, grew up in LA, didn't know English in, in, um, when he first came, and then he learned it and everything. Grew up on hip hop. And I'm like, yo, like, and I'm not talking about just, just the major Run DMC and LL Cool J, where like that, that was popular. Because with, with kids today, they don't, what they don't get is like the, the mainstream hip hop, what was considered mainstream and popular back then was the was good hip hop. Like what oh, yeah. I mean is there was still like an underground somewhat surface level of hip hop, but for the most part, the stuff that was um, a lot of the stuff that was mainstream, so to speak, was still good as opposed to like just commercialized and Right and, and somewhat whack and and it wasn't all explicit. It was just you could play a lot of hip hop on the radio and so anyway um so he wasn't just like the major people Queen Latifah and 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 um Run DMC and LL. He grew up on like Ultramagnetic MCs. Um, who else? Um, uh, this crew from Philly, um, Crown Rulers. Like like underground stuff. So mm. me and Gaston were into, into underground. We grew up like I told you. We listened to Mr. Magic. We listened to One Hundred Five Point Nine, The Awesome Two, and um and um DNA, Hank Love. This was like around eighty five, eighty four, um and and they would play like demos like in um like the, a dude who I put at on my top five list of greatest MCs of all time, lyricist, this cat named Percy P. He's underground, but like when the cats talk about they love big pun, like pun stop. <laughs> like Percy even is not even as good as the original. And um anyway, so but he grew up in Cali on like underground New York and Philly stuff and just I'm like, yo, how'd that happen? Uh so when he came out with his man one day to visit New York, me and Gaston, he only had like an hour and a half or whatever. Me and Gas said, yo, so we'll meet you. And, and in that little bit of time, before they got, went to the airport, Gaston and I, we drove them to Hollis, Queens, and Gaston parked, and I ran across the street, right? And um, and I stood on the corner with my hands folded, <laughs> with my arms folded, right? <laughs> and and, and, they, and Gaston said, you know what he's doing right now? So what? He's at Stampton on 25th Street. And they looked, <laughs> and we were on Hollis Avenue on 205th Street. On 205, so, and, and then we took them uh, not too, uh, maybe about a 10 minute drive to um, Andrew Jackson High School. Yeah. And and we got out, and, and, and I got, one of us got up and, and, and leaned towards the, um, the bars, whatever, um, at the gate, and they realized that was where LL took the picture yeah. on his second album, um, <laughs> Bad, B-A-D, Bigger and Deffer. And um, so, um, and he's, uh, so he's on the gate in front of Andrew Jackson High School. So nice. we showed them that. So we showed them like a, a few hip hop monuments and, and the line in the song, from two stand on two fifth street or whatever and and show them so they got and they appreciated it like oh my, like oh, yeah and um so since you talked about you and their linden and stuff like that they only had like an hour and a half 
and we made it. We said, "Yo, we take you to we Queen." Get you there. Yeah. Gave that little hip hop education, and to this day, they appreciate it. And um, so, and that brings like streets that they only heard about in songs. We brought it to life for them, you know. And that's like, um, like you say, the texture of the culture, and just yeah. how the city you know contributed you know yeah it did reverberate there's other you know we're gonna have we're gonna have a, a conversation about some other regions later too because like again i'm from this out i i I'm just, we might get into it because i know there's a lot of new york bias because <laughs> <laughs> because you won't have time i understand i definitely get it because you ain't got time to, to care what's going on in california or in the south or wherever else with everything else around you is already by the time you've heard the, like you said the underground 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 you ain't got time to go out of the state and listen although, to what, you know although we but, did hear something some things went through the got through the cracks like um i grew up king t and okay. i didn't even realize king t was in cali even though when he said he, his song, um, so if you're ever in Watts, you better bring a gun. And um, and um, and he talked about Crenshaw and things like that. But I didn't, I wasn't geographically inclined. Like I wasn't, I didn't realize that that was in-, in um, was Just some other street or something. Other... <laughs> I, I just say, I guess, I guess that's somewhere in New York. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you gotta understand we're from New York. Oh, this I... is where hip hop was created. So the majority of hip hop was out of New York. Oh, That's why it. there's so many references, like a big song, like a trial called Quest. Um, Fife said, um, bust, bust a nut on your couch. Now you now have you got Siemens furniture. <laughs> but people and, and anywhere else, they don't know Siemens is a, is a furniture store local in the New York area. Right. But being that we're from hip hop is New York. We're from New York. It's like you make song. You we make we make local references, and it just becomes popular over the world. But it's like right. And then you listen. You like like I said. You listen to it with a different ear. You're like, oh, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. Okay, that's what he's talking about. But so so King T, um, we we remember uh, MC Shy D. Oh, ooh. um, and who else? Uh, Shadi was definitely a early, definitely a early one. I'm glad you brought that one up because he uh, stayed where you stay in Atlanta, in in Atlanta, where you stay. Uh, and uh, what he had, uh, just shake it. Come okay, on, see, I, I didn't know that. I think was was that him? Don't sweat me. Was that him? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I can't think of the rest I'm of it. I'm not sure, but he Something had um. He was definitely an early one, um, and like I said, everything that pretty much came to me came through my brothers. I think UGK was probably the first one that was not a New York something. It was like, oh wait, what's okay? Who is this UGK? Okay. And then again, because we're in Alabama, we got all the mainstream. So um, around the late '80s, when you know uh, Tone Lope. Sir okay. Mix a lot. Um, Hammer. I still love Hammer to this day. Um, MC Hammer at the time. Let's get it started. Um, <laughs> um, and um, Sir Mix a lot pre baby got back. Okay. Um, and then and then riding on that wave. Also, who else? Uh, DJ Quick, AMG, Too Short. Um, all the. the, the the other what was the other guy with those? The Ant Banks. Um, we started listening to all of that too. <laughs> so uh. it became because you were talking about the CDs. The first CD that I purchased, I think it was '91. It was MC Hammer Too Legit to Quit. It was I got my CD changer for Christmas. All right. <laughs> now here's the thing: the first three CDs I owned uh, was Hammer Too Legit to Quit, The Chronic, and um. Ice Cube, uh, the Predator. All right. <laughs> when you still got the whole big package for the <laughs> CD. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yo, I still buy CDs. Like, I like packaging, yo. Like, Again, you, know, like, you know, not to get too off the subject, but like, just like this writer strike thing and all of that now, I used to read all the labels too to know who 
was doing what and that's how i got into what i got into now um i cut my you know i mastered reading reading the thriller liner notes wow i can tell you all the lyrics to every song on thriller um who engineered what song <laughs> and all of this so- um because again the texture of the time was what it was but um man that was um when it started to get into some of the other regional stuff for us down where we were now we coming up on about our a lot of time for this podcast so what we gonna do man we're gonna have another conversation because uh, it is black music appreciation month so can i we, touch on something very quickly you, touch just on to, it man come on when you mentioned like the line of notes and you said and and reading that is sort of like what got you into somewhat what you do what you do now um artists don't realize how many ways they influence us and there's some people they influence to be like them other times like like you with the reading that that influenced you in another way growing up we love the treacherous three and we love Kumo D, even though L.A. Sunshine was our favorite from the group, but we love Kumo D. Hey, yeah. real quick before you say that, I never knew any of the other two guys in the Treacherous Three. I uh, always knew that was a Treacherous Three. Yeah. Kumo D was part of that, but go ahead. Yeah, L.A. Sunshine and Special K. And Special K's uh, brother, younger brother, was Tila Rock. Okay. Uh, okay. So, uh, and uh, Tila Rock made the song uh, It's Yours, which is, which, um, uh, and then Nas did it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. Whose world is this? It's yours. The world is yours. You see, oh, yeah. that. So anyway, um, anyway, uh, and and Tila Rock was the first uh, artist signed to Def Jam, if I'm correct. And uh, actually, and and he's a friend of ours who used to kill here he's in our crib here for actually. But uh, anyway, but he's uh, legendary status, and I, I grew up loving him. So anyway, um, the point I was making was what? What was the point I was? Oh yeah, it's influences. Influences, yes. So Kumo D, I remember he was um, he was a rapper who went back to school or college and got educate got a degree. And I remembered that, and I, I was always impressed by that. And I, I remember reading up on it, and he, he, he got a degree in communications. And so I, I didn't really know what that was, but I, but I knew that Kumo D went to school for communications. Mm, okay. And when it was time for me to uh, graduate high school and go to college, um, I, oh, well, first off, the college I went to, you heard of it. It's in Queens. And I'm DMC in the place to be. I go to Long Island University. No, St. I go to St. John's University. Yes, yeah. yeah. That's so right. That, so that's where I went to St. John's, right? And um, I went, <laughs> I, at first I went for business. I was a business major. I had no business there. It was not for me. Mm-hmm. I met my, uh, my my college sweetheart there. So that was, it was a good thing that I went. But uh, I, I got out of business and I, I chose, I didn't know what to do, but I, I chose communications. Why did I go for communications? Because Kumo D went for the communications. And communication arts, they was specialized in television and radio. And um, and then I started working in, uh, going for television and film rather, television and film. And then I got an internship and, and now I still work to, in television this day. Um, but I went for communications because one of my hip hop heroes, Kumo D, went to college for communications. So Man. I think we're gonna end on that right there because that's just the inspiration, education, and uh, just getting us to a point where we're gonna have to have another conversation, brother. All right, my man. Gaston, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for joining us. See, you know what's dope about what you just did? But don't I even, told- don't apologize either. That's dope because that's my twin brother, Gaston. So my whole life, people call me Gaston instead of Guy, you know? <laughs> and, and so people are like, um, and, and for some reason, my brother's nickname is Gus. Out of nowhere, they accidentally call, call me Gus. Without knowing I have a brother whose nickname is Gus. So, and I've had people call me <laughs> Gus by accident like maybe eight times. And they'll feel bad, but I'm always like, no, no, listen why that's so special to me. So, 
I'm, I'd rather you call me Gaston than Gary. You know. What I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, and a, a real quick side note: we were in the, um, there's a hip hop documentary um, that uh, we were in, and um, and some people saw it on. Um, it's called Hip Hop: The Art of Rhyme, and um, it aired on VH1 back in the days, and, and um, some and Netflix as well. I was going to say, I think that's on Netflix. Isn't it? And, and there's a scene where my brothers walking in the street and he's talking and he's talking about how the cops are making us move and ciphers whatever making breaking us up whatever and i believe in the original when they show show um when they show gaston they write wise guy underneath his name and my man wordsworth was he knows he's one of the few people that know us apart he's like yo that's gaston and they won't won't wise guy but that's dope because that represented both of us. Right. That right. one scene, Gaston's visual and Wise Guy, the name below. So, you know. I, so, I'm sure y'all got some other twin stories that we're going to have to talk about too. And, and that's why underneath this, Wise Guy, but it says Wise Guy and Gaston. So, yes, sir. Represent the group. So, that's fine. You call me Gaston. All right, man. Well, look, I appreciate you joining us. We're going to have to continue this conversation another time, sir. Thank you. Um, and uh, thank you to everybody else for joining us uh, for this podcast. Thanks a lot, Vance. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and give the sidebar a great review. A reminder that the opinions discussed on the podcast belong solely to the individual and do not reflect the views of the New York Association of Black Journalists. For more information on NYABJ, please visit our website at www.nyabj.org. Music is by Halizna Raps. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this episode of The Sidebar. On Monday, June 19th, 2023, the NYABJ proudly presents our second annual Juneteenth Gala and Awards Ceremony at The Water Club, located at 500 East 30th Street, Manhattan, New York. Won't you come and enjoy a memorable evening of good food and fabulous company? Hosted by today's show co-host and news anchor Craig Melvin and by CBS news anchor and national correspondent Michelle Miller. Tickets available now at nyabj.org. That's Monday, June 19th, 6 to 9 p.m. at the Water Club. Go to nyabj.org to get your tickets now.